0: Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10.
1: Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. From everything I gather, we're back in the normal spot on the YouTube placement. It is true. Yes,
2: yes. We're back. I don't know what happened yesterday. A little glitch in the system. What I was thinking? The boys... assured oh, me that they did everything correct so we're back it's all good baby
1: yeah I don't, th- I don't think it was a shadow ban I think it was- I really do think it had something to do with Google changing up their their yeah. servers yeah and that probably led to that so.
2: youtube.com slash at 1210 wphd youtube.com slash at 1210 WPHD. give us a follow please uh, or a, subs- a subscribe hit the subscribe button and also if you're watching right now please hit the like
1: button well, what's on the cut sheet coming up at 745 Tony Bruno live from Florida at 830 I'm sure he'll do his house. Harry Callis baseball impersonation, oh, yes. and then I will uh, reel him back in, and we will have all sorts of good stories and topics to hit on with Tony Bruno. We're going to get to the border here in a couple of minutes, and then also some stuff with free speech, and uh, also Jerry Seinfeld going off on diversity, equity, and inclusion when it comes to comedy. We'll get to that coming up in a little bit, but let's get to the news. Round number two at 702, The Great Don Stenzel.
3: And good Wednesday morning. We are sponsored this morning by Piazza Auto Group. In the news on this wet, warm Wednesday, February 28th, tomorrow is a leap day, by the way, So uh, we'll talk about so much in the news today as far as a man in critical condition after being stabbed outside a SEPTA station. This happened in the Kensington section of Philadelphia this morning, police investigating. This is the Allegheny Avenue station, I should say, for SEPTA. So the man was uh, walking down the steps early this morning. He was attacked and stabbed multiple times by somebody who got away, ran away from the scene. Was this a mugging robbery? We don't have... Much more than what I've just reported to you. And so they're reviewing that surveillance, the surveillance cameras in the area. But this victim in critical condition this morning. Also, we know that U.S. Marshals, yes, the feds, federal and local authorities are joining in this search for an escapee. Hey, Philadelphia, have you seen a little guy handcuffed running with his hands behind his back? (laughs) It's almost like where in the world is Stanley? You they keep releasing the different <laughs> surveillance images, and you see this guy. And he's pretty quick, but his hands are behind his back. He's ha- he's still handcuffed.
1: Okay, so it wasn't
3: handcuffed in the front. It was handcuffed with his hands behind his okay, back. Okay, which make
1: if it's your like, ha- like, if your hands are and, you handcuffed, know, right? Yeah. <laughs> if if they're in the front still, like you know, like I'm holding on YouTube right now, it's it's a lot easier to function and operate still. But when you're behind the back, I mean, that really that really hinders you, and we can't track down this cat.
3: Can't catch him and. Then I'm thinking, okay, you know, now he's spotted here, he's spotted there. How does he go to the bathroom and whatnot?
1: Well, his hands are already back there, so it would be an easy wipe, I would
3: think. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. She means the other. The oh, other man.
1: Man. Ah, You'd just be like Lloyd in uh, Dumb and Dumber on the moped. <laughs> just go, Lloyd.
3: Just go. <laughs> A movie that ages well, Dumb yes. and Dumber. Oh, oh, yeah. Bum, bum, Boy, good week call back from yesterday.
2: Don't mm-hmm. don't so, getting a don't getting a lot of blowback on social media. Oh, I right.
3: know a lot of
1: communist opinions in the nine o'clock.
3: Yeah, marriage, right? I got. Believe me, I got it when I got home too. The, oh, the, girl, yeah. the whole family's like all over
2: your your buddy Christine Flowers. I was the only one that came to your defense. Thank
3: you, Christine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, the U.S. Marshals joining in seriously 29 year old Aleem Borden escaping from custody. As we've been telling you, he was at uh, Temple University's Episcopal Hospital early Monday morning after he had, he was in custody for allegedly stealing a car and, uh, Quite a rap sheet on this guy, but told them he had a tummy ache. They take him to the hospital as per their protocol. And that's when he made his escape and got away outrunning officers. Now, U.S. Marshals are searching. uh, The feds are searching. They're all looking for this guy. He does have some aggravated assault allegations on his rap sheet. So I'll just point that one out to you as well. All right. uh, We've got at the Navy Yard, workers and visitors very excited talking about a new way to get around the area in a self-driving shuttle. This self-driving shuttle. Self, say that 10 times fast. Okay. Self-driving shuttle. So this is uh, the Navy Yard of Philadelphia, which is going through some dramatic, you know, changes over a thousand acres there. A lot of new, a lot of new businesses coming to the Philadelphia Navy Yard. A lot of excitement there. But the new shuttle now unveiled, launched and running on a contained loop. Within the Navy Yard, it'll be available for all workers and visitors of the Navy Yard free Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and it runs every 10 minutes. So there's no driver.
1: (laughs) Just wait until SEPTA gets wind of this. Hey, what do you think about self-driving SEPTA trains and buses with no pilot, so to speak?
3: Yeah, no the good news here is we've had so many SEPTA workers under attack. You know, the the bad news is, yes, it threatens union jobs. Mm-hmm. The good news is, as far as crime prevention, you don't have a driver who could get injured, attacked, shot, as our drivers do That's right. in Philadelphia. So we got that going on. Uh, we now know that they've confirmed for our Philadelphia Flyers and the Wells Fargo Center that it was a transformer that blew up and burnt out but thankfully did not catch fire as the Flyers were delayed last night by about nine minutes because of that power outage caused by the blown Transformer. Flyers still beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, so that's a good thing. But the Flyers uh, were, at this point, they were leading one zip and about 13 minutes remaining in the first period, and that's when, you know, this explosion happened. Transformer blows. Mm -hmm. They lose the power. And so, and the lighting, nine minute delay. And then they said, "Nope, just we'll resume." Yep. Went to a backup situation.
1: If ever if anybody's ever been on a uh, an ice rink for for a hockey arena or even outside, you know, like in New York City in a park or skating on an ice rink, but well, when that ice goes from completely solid to starting to slowly, even like 5-10%, if it starts to melt, it is a completely different surface. I actually had to do that when I was in Nashville, go out on the ice uh, when I was doing sports down there, and I'm telling you, when that thing starts to puddle up, that is dangerous. You're actually better off with that thing completely frozen. And
3: I'm talking with shoes on, not even ice skates. Well, we didn't. Luckily, the chillers were working and they have the backups, So the ice did not become a puddle for for our flyers. So, And nobody hurt at all. So that was a good thing. We've talked a lot, obviously, about the, the big swing state primary last night. Michigan, Trump, Biden winning. We talked about that earlier and we'll break down that. Break that down in the future. I do want to get to this um, Biden issuing that executive order to shield Americans from, from sensitive data being compromised from foreign foes. So that was an executive order just signed, making some national headlines. President Joe Biden signing this executive order aimed at better protecting Americans. They say personal data on everything from biometrics and health records to finances and geolocation from foreign adversaries like China and Russia. So just looking for this today, they say the goal is to do so without limiting legitimate commerce around data that from the Biden administration, talking about data breaches, all the cyber breaches that we've seen, even 911 systems in our area that we've talked a lot about.
1: Yeah. In Bucks County, I had to go to the backup system.
3: Yes. Mm. Amen. So, uh, so we're looking for that one today as well. And then tomorrow, I'll just headline this. Uh, making national news, I didn't realize uh, that Fox News and Tucker Carlson had actually focused on our Amish farmer, Amos Miller, who's under fire. So a huge rally in Lancaster County for a farmer as now the state, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, had raided his farm, this Amish farmer, claiming that there were some cases of listeria, which is a pretty mild thing. You have listeria, um, you know, striking delis all the time, deli meat, that sort of thing. Yeah. Why is this Amish farmer, this very popular farmer, why is he under fire so much? He had, there was a settlement with a federal, the feds had gone after him, and now the state. And they literally raided, you know, with with tac- tactical gear and wow. all of that under the attorney general's office. Is this political? What's going on? Why is this farmer under fire so much? So big rally tomorrow in Lancaster.
2: We really have our priorities um, <laughs> yeah, I know. N- not in line with. I mean, you see, we played that video of, of eight uh, FBI agents going into a uh, into a, a January 6th dude's house. Right. Scaring his four year old son and causing his wife to miscarriage mm-hmm. yes. and yep. now they're going after amish
1: farmers for listeria Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, what are they insinuating that this guy's using mass listeria as like some bio weapon or something like i remember when i was in high school i worked at a, a grocery store and i, I sliced uh, deli meat and that was one of the big concerns was putting the salamis and stuff away and cleaning the counters because you don't want to end up having that residue left over which could cause that and, and get people sick no,
2: I think that they're just upset because I'm sure they're selling them independently, so they're not going through the FDA approval, right, Dawn?
3: He he has an organic farm. You're correct. You're on the right track. So there are two, the you know two tracks here. Number one, he has this organic farm, uh, and he has some four, an estimated four thousand customers. I have family members who go who who are customers. Oh wow. Um, so he's, this is a very popular farm because it's organic and people, you know, even I have a girlfriend, she's a nurse, she drives out there and gets, you know, supplies and they pack the freezer and the fridge and all of that. Mm -hmm. So the the second question, however, why is raw milk under attack in New Jersey? It's outlawed. And so there are many who say, huh, why are they trying to control our food Mm -hmm. and why are they? trying to control the seeds and and those who are independent and want to have their own grid and grow their own stuff. They want us to be more dependent Dependent on on government for food, and they don't like this. So that's one of the allegations. He's also, he has a religious rights. You know, will this be a case that goes to the Supreme Court? Mm -hmm. Because he has a, you know, under his religion, the way that they farm, the way that they live, that sort of thing. Yep. So there's there's a lot to this case, and I know many of you are watching it. But uh, the big rally and a huge GoFundMe, uh, they raised hundreds of thousands of dollars because it's much like with Trump, where they take you down with the lawyers mm-hmm. and the lawyers' fees. Yeah. So we're watching it. I did not realize actually that it was it had made it's making national news now. Thank God. All right, good to know. Case, yes, sir. So let's get on to the forecast, an all important forecast because we do in fact have some possibly uh, severe weather moving through. So right now we're mild. We could reach a record today. We're looking at mid to upper 60s today. Uh, Rain, some 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts will likely cause some issues for us today. And tomorrow then the temperatures are going to plunge behind this front. So the wind advisory has been posted for the entire region. Like I say, up to 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts. And so you want to think about that. Waves of rain um, around with the steadiest rain this evening as the front zooms in very quickly gusty round of showers or even a rumble of thunder and some storms like i say highs in the mid 60s we're looking for a break breaking some records here in the philadelphia region so that's an important one as we think about it then tomorrow we drop 20 plus degrees it's going to be cold tomorrow morning As we make our way in in the dark tomorrow morning, 43 degrees for your high tomorrow and then back in the 50s, sunny for your Friday. So a beautiful Friday in store. But tomorrow we're going to feel the shivers after today, a couple days of warmth. Thank you, Piazza Auto Group, for sponsoring our news this morning. Experience pure performance from the Acura model lineup. Piazza Acura of Ardmore, Reading and Westchester get special financing as low as 3.9 percent APR for 36 months on the 23 TLX Sport sedan, sedan and more. Shop online, piazzaacura.com. PIA, ZZA. Thank you, Piazza Auto Group, for sponsoring Kale & Company News Live.
1: All right, Dawn, thank you very much. 855-839-1210. Just a couple of pieces of information here to pass along. So we know Trump and Biden going to the border tomorrow on Thursday. Coincidence, I'm sure this is pure coincidence, that Joe Biden, when he visits the border, the headline from Fox News, that he will visit the sector of the Texas border with amongst the lowest illegal crossings of all the people that come across our southern border. Joe, just randomly, I'm sure, going to the spot that is the the smallest issue, the smallest problem in a wide open border system. So uh, as we know, the, Trump and Biden going to two separate areas, which are actually separated about uh, by about 325 miles. So They will not cross paths tomorrow. Uh, Also, House Republicans demanding that Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas provide information on that illegal immigrant who was charged with murdering the Georgia student uh, and being in this country and coming across the border illegally. The University of Georgia has also upped their security in uh, the wake of this tragedy as they have just invested another $7.3 million. Also, I'm sure purely coincidental that the the figure the monetary number is 7.3 million doesn't that, that that's that's the amount of people that have been reported to cross the border 7.3 million illegal immigrants and the university of georgia in athens is now investing 7.3 million dollars in security upgrades on their campus. So good work out of them. I'm still waiting for sports media to get on their high horse and condemn the murder of Lake and Riley like they did four years ago for George Floyd. I don't see sports media using their platform as actively as they did four years ago. Wonder why that is. 855-839-1210. We will come back. This CBS News Catherine Herridge story takes an interesting plot twist. The details on what happened... And also, who is being given an award for free speech? It's really hypocritical if you think about it. I'll give you the details when we come back. Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company, On Demand, from Talk
2: Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app.
1: Just about 22 minutes out from what's on the cut sheet. Always a good one in the middle of the week. Tony Bruno, about an hour. From now, 855 1210 to jump in. So we've got updates on the CBS News Catherine Herridge story. And then also one of the biggest hypocrisies you might ever hear or see. We'll get to that in a second. So CBS News has actually now decided to return. The confidential files of reporter, uh, that was covering the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. CBS News on Monday finally returned confidential files belonging to fired investigative reporter Catherine Herridge, who was amid the mounting pressure, uh, from the House Judiciary Committee and the union representing the journalist—that That is according to the New York Post. Harage, who's in the middle of what we know is a key First Amendment case, had been probing the Hunter Biden laptop scandal when the acclaimed journalist was shockingly fired as part of the mass layoffs by the parent company, Paramount Global, which happened just about two weeks ago. And I have never seen or heard this happen before where, and we talked about this, her personal files along with her work laptop, which may have contained other confidential information, Info were immediately confiscated and locked away at the CBS News office in Washington, D.C. Now, quote, Catherine Herridge's union representative picked up her materials this morning. That is according to a CBS News rep that confirmed the story to the New York Post yesterday. And a spokesperson for SAG-AFTRA, the union representing CBS News employees, confirmed that several boxes containing Herridge's reporting materials were returned Quote, the resolution of this matter sends a strong message of protection for basic First Amendment principles, the union said. And the Post exclusively reported on Friday that the House Judiciary Committee is launching a probe into the network's shocking seizure of the reporter's files as part of her termination. Uh, Dawn, you worked for CBS and you've worked for these owned and operated companies. We talked about this, how unprecedented this is. I would love to know. What exactly they combed through mm-hmm. that was her personal property. Now, as I said before, if it's a work laptop issued by CBS, I understand quote you know technically they they kinda have the right, it's their they they supplied it, they can take it back. But I would love to know from her if she had everything one hundred percent returned to her, nothing was deleted, nothing was erased, no hard drives were doctored with, and I, I'm not a journalist, you are But if I was a journalist, I would take my sources to the grave with me if I ever want my career to continue. Because if you're going to out your sources at the pressure of a news organization or a court proceeding, people aren't going to trust you in the future to give you the type of information that makes you an an award-winning journalist like this. Sources mean everything to these people.
3: Yeah, and okay, so on one hand, to your point, any corporation, any company, they own your stuff. If you have it at work... And it's a laptop, and that's the law, and that's the, and I get that, but this was a break in protocol, and that's what was unusual, Mm -hmm. and the fact that this was under investigation, it involved, you know, she obviously had confidential sources that she was quoting, she was breaking news, she was doing investigative work. Generally speaking, in that kind of environment, there are added layers and gatekeeping devices. Such that you maintain the integrity of an investigative team. And it's not just Catherine. It's, it's, you know, the reason they hired her, they said, we're going to, she's going to, she's going to head her own division and have this investigative team. They made a big deal about it and it added credibility to CBS news. Now, deservedly so, they're under fire Mm -hmm. for not only firing her, but as well breaking their own protocols and their own gatekeeping process by which they protect the sources and the integrity of any investigative journalist or team of journalists. And
1: this is why people in... in Mass numbers are ditching mainstream media. This is why we've seen the Matt Taibbi's, the Schellenbergers, the Barry Weisses of the world. We're seeing a lot of these people that are not necessarily left wing or right wing, but, you know, they've written for major publications and now they're going out on their own. They're doing their own thing. And, you know, CBS obviously goes hard to the left. And here comes Katherine Herridge from Fox News. That kind of brings back some semblance of balance, at least for her specifically. And they do this. And this is why people don't trust the media. This is why people don't want to watch whether it's, you know, MSNBC or CNN or even Fox News. Some people don't trust Fox. Some people don't trust talk radio, uh, CBS News, NBC News. But how about this story in an additional follow up? So the CBS News boss, Who signed off on the firing of Catherine Herridge has just been awarded a free speech award. You you can't, you literally can't make this up. So, CBS News President Ingrid Cyprian Matthews, hopefully I got that name correct, was selected by the Radio Television Digital News Association to be among 13 honorees at the 33rd annual. First Amendment awards at the Watergate Hotel in Washington, D.C. on March 9th. Think about this. The irony not lost, and this is from the New York Post, on CBS News Insiders, who cited the fact that the executive played a major role in pushing out Heridge, the award-winning investigative reporter who's under pressure from a U.S. District Court judge for not revealing how she learned about a federal probe into a Chinese-American scientist. Herridge may soon, and this is the scary part, may soon be held in contempt of court for not divulging her source for an investigative piece that she did in 2017 when she was with Fox News. She could also be fined as much to, as as $5,000 per day mm-hmm. moving forward. And now that one of the, the, the big uppity-up leaders of CBS She's one of the people that pushed Catherine Herridge out. I mean, look, maybe mm-hmm. it was budget. It, it could very well be financially driven. You know, Paramount's struggling with money, um, but it just looks awkward. You get rid of her, you seize her laptop. She's got this First Amendment thing going on, and this boss of all people is going to be honored for a free speech award.
3: Yeah, thick with mm-hmm. irony. I don't know about that. It's just not a good look.
1: It is not a good look at all for CBS and Paramount. So I uh, wanted to give you that update with that story. 855-839-1210. But when we come back, uh, we'll stay with free speech. And this is really startling. Almost a third of Americans say that the First Amendment goes too far. That's scary. We'll talk about it next here on Kalen & Company.
3: You know, the rain today, I was looking out at the lawn. It makes you think of spring, summer. When choosing a lawn care service, doesn't just make sense to hire a company that gives better results and is safer for your entire family and your pets. I always think of my buddy boy. He's now 15. I think of the health of our family and of, yes, buddy boy. So that's why I choose Natural Lawn of America. That's my lawn care company. Natural Lawn's environmentally friendly approach to lawn care has been creating green lawns quickly, more naturally, and with fewer weeds. Since 1987, unlike other one-size-fits-all companies, their technicians are going to work to determine the specific needs of your lawn. Natural Lawn's exclusive organic-based products are designed to work with nature, not against it, which means they're safer for every single member of your family, even your furriest ones. So kick the chemical lawn habit. Get started today. Do this. Choose Natural Lawn's safer products and programs. It really works. You're going to love it. Take advantage of their limited-time offer, free seeding every year. Schedule Natural Lawn's full-service program and get free seeding every year. 800-FREE-SEED. Just call them, 800-F-R-E-E-S-E-E-D. Free seed. Choose my lawn care company, Natural Lawn of America. Greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. Tell Dawn sent you.
2: This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app.
1: Nick Dawn and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app and watch us on YouTube. One quick question
2: or one quick uh, shout out ask, I guess it is. We're 24 24, um, uh, uh, followers away from 10,000 on Twitter. So if you're listening right now, please hit... Please hit the follow button on at twelve ten WPHT, at twelve ten WPHT, uh, so you can be the ten thousandth follower for us on twelve ten WPHT.
1: Boy, you—I mean—you really have not pandered or begged for followers and subscribers in a long time. That's
2: absolutely true. Thank
1: Certainly you. for Twitter, no. You've yeah. been on the YouTube kick I and have. the follow button on the app. Yeah. Now you're going. You did Instagram for a while. Yeah.
2: We need to keep free speech alive. Everybody out there knows what I mean. So let's, I, I don't let's... know. I
1: think a third of Americans think the f- free speech is ridiculous. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh, no. Are you kidding? Yes. No, don't tell me that. According uh, to a story written at Reason.com, and I believe FIRE is located right here in Philadelphia. yes. The Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. As they have a poll, according to a new poll from FIRE, a First Amendment organization, nearly a third of Americans, including similar numbers of Republicans and Democrats. Think about that. Republicans and Democrats say that the First Amendment goes, quote, Too far in the rights it guarantees, more than half agreed that their local community should not allow a public speech that espouses a belief that they find particularly offensive. So let's have a little conversation about this. And I am uh, honestly surprised that there would be some Republicans, especially after what Republicans Trump supporters and anybody right of center had to deal with over the last two and a half, three years when it comes to free speech. Um, so we've got Katherine Herridge. She's dealing with First Amendment issues in court. We know that there are other cases that are going on with SCOTUS right now. I think earlier this week, it was, either Mon- it was either yesterday or Monday, there was a couple of cases that were going to be heard on social media and free speech. And now here locally, we have this poll that says about 33% think the First Amendment goes too far. But what I find to be interesting is that people don't want to hear in public People espousing beliefs that they find particularly offensive. So let's think about it from a public standpoint. What have we seen for the last four to five months publicly as far as free speech? We've seen a lot of protests with the whole situation going on between Israel and Hamas. Gaza, the Middle East, we've seen marches and rallies, we've seen people going across bridges, down streets, up and down sidewalks, and my only issue with any of it is when you totally stifle traffic. And people are trying to get from point A to point B, whether it's, you know, on your lunch break, whether it's coming home from work, whether it's picking up your kid, whether it's, God forbid, an emergency, as long as you don't interrupt people's ability to get from A to B. Do whatever you want as long as it's peaceful, as long as nobody's being threatened, as long as there's no physical harm done to a human being or somebody's property. But this, we, we have got to, and this goes to anybody that was in this poll that found that the First Amendment goes too far. You got to get out of like the little comfort zone where like not everybody agrees with your train of thought, your ideology, your belief systems. And that's what is supposed to make America great is you can say what you want, share your views without the repercussion of the government censoring you or your employer shutting you down or a social media shadow ban. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, hell, 80 percent of the stuff that we talk about on this show Are things that I disagree with. I don't spend time dwelling on the stuff that I'm in agreement with. We try to find the stuff that will create a, you know, a debate and a conversation and a discussion. So like, you know, all this left wing stuff that goes on in schools, the DEI stuff, all this stuff that's pushed that I disagree with. That's great. Let's talk about it. And I don't, I don't find it to the point where I want those people shut down. And all I've ever asked when it comes to free speech is, I'm not going to try to cancel you for, for saying something I disagree with. Let's chop it up and talk about it. So I, I the only thing I ask for in return is, don't try to cancel me. Because to me, that's the beauty of the First Amendment. And I'm about 99.5% of free speech absolutist. There's very few things that I think are off limits. Again, the only thing I would say no, don't cause harm, and don't, you know, when when, the, when you have these rallies or these speeches, don't destroy people's property. Don't be throwing things through glass windows, burning buildings. That's all I would say.
2: The, the don't cause harm, though, is a little, that's a slippery slope, bro. What do you mean? Because you can say something uh, very innocuous, and it could, quote-unquote, cause harm to somebody if they true. take it the wrong way.
1: Well, true. Yeah. Uh, but I'm saying, like, the obvious stuff, like, like kill him! Like, okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, give me a break with that. like. But other than that, I mean, you know, First Amendment, do you. Yeah. Say what's on your mind. I get you.
3: I, so, I have a friend who, one of my best friends, she, and she actually lives in Florida, her son, my godson, had posted on social media, yeah, Friday night football, we're going to fire things up, Woo-ha. like just general statements like that. Mm-hmm. And this is a kid who's never been in trouble, great student, all of that. He was suspended 10 days. For, for something he said on social media. Yeah. So I was like, okay, uh, you're hiring a lawyer, right? Like, this is crazy. She's mm-hmm. a teacher in the system.
1: That's ridiculous. Felt
3: in- intimidated by it. So they didn't do that, but they made sure it didn't go on his record. He did the work at home. The, these things are a slippery slope. You, you have to be careful. But I suspect... You know, in this, and it was taken by the freedom, you know, a freedom uh, rights fire, freedom Mm -hmm. rights, um, and especially focusing on the First Amendment rights organization. But I simply think that if you look at the respondents, they were, they're younger. Mm -hmm. If you went, I would be curious to see a study where they go by generations and within communities. Oh, yeah. Right. So if you looked at immigrant, let's say people who are here legally Mm -hmm. as, you know, first, second generation, there's no way that they're going to agree with this because they know what they know, how precious our constitutional rights are.
1: You're right about the generations. Mm -hmm. I think each younger generation is softer and softer with free speech. Yeah. I really believe that like I mean like if my dad Was around today he would be like I can't Believe we're living and I don't know if he would use The word snowflake or if he would even know what it means But he would he he would have the Belief that we've turned into a snowflake society I I remember when my dad was Growing and I was being you know raised And growing up he's like he's like Nick when You get when you turn 18 and you're out of this house And you're out of college you're gonna go into the real world You're gonna hear a lot of things that you don't like and be told A lot of things that you disagree with you better Get used to it you know we've created This society of uh, if I don't don't like what I hear. I become offended and I'm the victim. And that's kind of where we're at today. The uh, fire chief research advisor, uh, Sean Stevens, said in a press release yesterday, quote, those results were disappointing, but not exactly surprising. Here at fire, we've long observed that many people who say they're concerned about free speech waiver when it comes to beliefs they personally find offensive. But the best way to protect your speech in the future is to defend the right to controversial and offensive speech today. Which I mm-hmm. wholeheartedly agree with And by the way, that was a thousand Americans That were um, uh, Conducted this survey And it was in relation with uh, Dartmouth College So, uh, if you want to read the story It's very fascinating And you can read some of the stats And the other uh, questions that they asked In relation to the First Amendment Just go to Reason.com Alright, 745 right on the Dada Wednesday edition of What's on the Cut Sheet what?
4: on the cut,
2: sheet. Yeah. Well, the cut sheet on this wednesday is sponsored by cherry hill volvo where relationships matter they strive to do what is right they work hard to match you with the perfect volvo and always go the extra mile for their customers judith yosef and the entire team look forward to meeting you check them out on route 70 in cherry hill cherry hill volvo where relationships matter thank you cherry hill volvo for being a loyal sponsor loyal friend uh, to the radio station for so many years. By the way, we are... Let me see here. Fifteen. Oh! We're fifteen... Wow! Uh, fifteen uh, 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 followers away from 10,000. So if you're listening right now, please hit the follow button on at 1210 WPHD at 1210 WPHD on Twitter. Uh, you talked about this, Nick, about... and Dawn, too, about how it's so important right now that everybody go out and... Um, you know, get involved in uh, voting and, yep. and getting people out to vote. And Kamala Harris yesterday announced, and we talked about this: how the Democrats have a they have a very strong machine <laughs> that is going to be hard to overcome, especially since uh, the RNC is basically um, bankrupt. Um, but she announced yesterday that the Biden administration will now allow students to get paid through federal work studies to register people to vote in an effort to activate them. To Uh, activate them? This is what she said yesterday. This is cut 10, Phil, go.
3: We have been doing work to promote voter participation for students. Hmm. And, for example, we have, um, under the Federal Work Study Program, now allow students to get paid through Federal Work Study to register people
4: um, and to be nonpartisan poll workers. As we know, this is important for a number of reasons. One, to engage our young leaders in this process and,
1: and
0: activate them in terms of their ability to, to strengthen our
1: communities. Well, activate them? What are they, a prepaid debit card? <laughs> Somebody's been, I've been waiting three years for Kamala Harris to activate. She, she still hasn't gotten the jump yet. Uh, but I'll tell you what this is, because I saw this video and this headline making the, the rounds yesterday uh, on the Internet. This is another attempt for Democrats for more and more young Democrat voters. They are always yep. looking for the next batch, the next wave, and this is again. This is why they are always one step ahead of the curve, and the Republicans are always playing catch up.
2: Yeah, look, it, if you're a uh, if if you're a Democrat, this is very smart to act uh, quote unquote activate the youth. Yeah, um, and you know, basically pay them <laughs> to go out and do these things, right? Uh, What's the
1: GOP doing for for young eighteen to twenty two year olds right now? Right, like yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, to my knowledge, as far as uh, public um, messages, the last thing I can recall was Vivek Ramaswamy three months ago saying Repo- young Republicans need to get on TikTok.
2: Um, Would you say in the six o'clock hour, dawn, uh, get out and knock on doors?
3: That's what I feel that we have we have to activate i feel that every person if you believe in peace prosperity protecting your constitutional rights get up get out work for work for election integrity work for a candidate seriously activate and go door knocking on doors person to person because that's what will make the difference. Yeah. And, and to your point in Pennsylvania,
1: I mean, we've seen the Republican Party make a lot of progress. The disparity in Democrat versus Republican voters in the state is down to what? 3.4% in favor of Democrats. So you've, you've kind of leveled the playing field as far as, you know, the amount of players you're getting onto the field. But now you got to have a strategy to actually go out and win the game. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I also think as far as if you see something, say something. You know, we, we keep hearing about the, 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 um, the ballot boxes, the mail-in votes, where those are going. I just think people need to be, I, I think we need all eyes, not just hands on deck. You're right. But all everybody needs to be on the lookout and watching carefully in your community. It has to be a grassroots effort. And I do feel that the platform, the party platform for the GOP is a hot mess, and we're seeing yeah. that happening in real time, and that's not a good thing, and that's an opportunity. That's just an opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm
3: um, just saying. And yeah.
1: by the way, speaking of a hot mess, I, I can smell food cooking. Oh, here uh, we go. You smell that? It's it's like seeping it w- through the studio doors. We're, oh, does this smell good? We're in uh,
2: glass studios that are supposed to be soundproof. How are you smelling anything?
1: I, I mean, I smell something from the microwave or the kitchen right now, folks. Mm. I don't I I uh-huh. it. We might need a food drop here on
2: kitchen. smells his first. <laughs> I, I, Sorry. Dawn, when are you bringing in what a crock you know, uh, croc meals?
3: You're All right. To, I know. I, I, I know.
1: <laughs> I'm one day I'm going to I I surprise
2: you guys. Yeah, okay. Sure you will.
1: I am so tired of waking up from my nap at 1.30 uh, each day to an Odyssey email, food in the hub. Yeah. They always do lunch drops. Yeah, well, that's... I work at breakfast, damn it. What yeah. about a food drop at 7.45? As I'm nibbling here on the cut sheet. Can we get a food drop in this place?
2: Yeah, if anybody wants to drop off food to Kellen, I'll Company, take anything. Twenty four hundred market
1: bagels, uh, sausage, <laughs> whatever.
2: We'll take anything. We'll give you a plug. I don't care. <laughs> I'm the boss. What are you going to do? Fire me? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes, they
1: yes they will. So it's
2: fine. The only question, <laughs> no we'll, problem. The only
1: question that we'll have is whether or not Greg deems it to be fast food or not when it yeah. gets dropped off.
2: This radio station will be run by Anthony Dorenzo by tomorrow. He is the mayor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to Michigan for any of you who tune in later we, uh, we we spent time at 6 o'clock hour breaking down Michigan Nick I don't know if you want to give some highlights on the voter uh, on the Polls and, uh, and I
1: do who won what. From I do so. Michigan. Uh, Trump uh, took Michigan over Nikki Haley by a margin of about 41 points 68 percent to 26.5 for Nikki Haley. Uh, raw voting numbers Trump 755,000 plus votes to Nikki Haley's 294. Uh, but also on the Democrat side of things, Joe Biden 81 percent, although 13.5 percent uncommitted for uh the dems with Mr. Phillips and Ms. Williamson 3% respectively.
2: Uh CNN's John King on CNN oh yeah I said that CNN's John King in all after the uncommitted um beat Joe Biden in Dearborn Michigan. Oh, uncommitted beat Joe in Dearborn Michigan which is a, a huge <laughs> Muslim population don't yes. that. 55% it is, it is uh uh they're telling the president as he said that they're mad. Uh this is cut 14. Guys, go.
5: Let's go to John King now. John, you have some new information about the uncommitted vote. There's a couple important new ways to look at this, Jake, including the first votes from Dearborn, where you saw Jeff Zeleny at the dinner where they were organizing the big protests. Obviously, that is ground zero for the Muslim American population in Michigan. Forgive me, I just want to pull up this blackboard here. First, first I want to show you Wayne County. Dearborn is right here to the west of Detroit. These are the Wayne County results. It's been frustrating. Wayne County always counts slow. Uh, They're only at 4% of the estimated vote. We know that none of this that you're seeing. President Biden at 71%, uncommitted at 24%. This does not include any votes from Dearborn. But CNN has obtained from the city... Uh, some of their their vote count. So let me pull up this blackboard here and I'll write them in for you. Forgive me for turning my back, but I'm left-handed. Let me move this over here. I'm going to put this here. Uh, These are the unofficial results from the city of Dearborn, but on city letterhead, this is what Joe Biden received. Again, forgive me, 1,141 votes. Dean Phillips, 54 votes. (coughs) An uncommitted Make sure I get this right. Three thousand. Wow. Oh my God. Three votes. So that's a wow. If you look at it this yeah, way, buddy. this is twenty-three percent. Mm-hmm. And this is seventy-five
1: percent. You wonder why Dana Bash divorced um, this guy. And so
5: <laughs> this is just the city of Dearborn. but that is where. The biggest pocket of the Muslim American, the Arab American population. This is a place President Biden carried big time in 2020. This is key to his chances of defeating Donald Trump in Michigan again. Now, 75 percent to 23 percent in the city of Dearborn. Uh, We're waiting to get even more results from Wayne County. But this just tells you, again, it's going to raise the total number. Without a doubt, let me turn this off. That's uncommitted. Yes, uncommitted is 75 percent, 23 percent for President Biden, which is going to raise, number one, those 3,700 votes are not reflected in the 2,000 there from Wayne County. So it's going to raise the numbers in Wayne County to begin with, and it's going to obviously raise the percentage in Wayne County when you see the lopsided percentage of this right there. So you see in the city we were looking at most closely for how mad, how mad are people at the president, mm-hmm. but that's a very significant number out of Dearborn.
1: That's- Joe lost 3-1 to, to uncommitted. Wow, that, that is really remarkable, and what that tells me, and it goes beyond just to that community. Joe has a culture problem, and Joe has a culture problem with many different groups of minorities. He's got a black problem. The black voter does not think that Joe Biden in this administration has done anything for them. They believe that they had more money in their pocket, which they did under well, Donald Trump and also the Arabic can, community. Can I just say
2: this? Let's not overstate the African-American issue the Biden campaign has. Yes, the Trump campaign may may take some of the african-american vote but it's not going to be a substantial oh no
1: no of course amount. not no no though they have they absolutely still have the majority but i think if you look at where trump was with the black vote in 16 compared to 20 mm-hmm. compared to 24 yeah. he's made inroads
2: absolutely he has.
1: and but biden's culture problem also think about this it's very hard for you to be disliked by both arabs and jews Think about that. Arabic people and Jewish people, they don't agree that today is Wednesday, yet they both are incredibly down and angry with Joe Biden. Arabic people, not only in Dearborn, Michigan or Wayne County, throughout the country, pro-Palestinian march, ceasefire, this, that, and the other thing. And I gave you the poll yesterday. uh, Now a majority of Jewish voters in New York support Trump over Biden. Now, what that majority is in the poll, I don't know, that poll was probably 2,500 people but every community you go, there's a pocket of people that are like, man, we don't like Joe Biden right now. Yeah, That's a problem.
2: It is. By the way, thank you, everybody. We hit 10,000 followers. Oh, there you go. 10K Woo! on Twitter. Twitter. There we go. By the way, <laughs> streaming live now on YouTube. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. While you're yeah. at it, shoot for yeah. the stars. YouTube.com slash at 1210 WPHD. YouTube.com slash at 1210 WPHD. Uh, please hit the like and subscribe button if you're watching right now. Uh, Lee Zeldin was also on the panel for CNN last night uh, pointing out that Trump has received more votes in Michigan than all Democrat primary voters combined uh this is cut 15 phil go
1: you know there's a big enthusiasm gap if you if you look right now there's you know 26 27 percent of the vote in uh between the, the democratic turnout the republican turnout uh the republican turnout is right now far trouncing the the democratic turnout um and that's the percentage of of the total vote that we're waiting to come in it'll be interesting to see what comes in from wayne county yes i get that but President Trump's number at the moment is actually more than all of the Democratic Party primary voters together. So I, I would say that President Trump, when looking at the amount of people who are coming out to vote for him tonight, mm-hmm. would be very encouraged by the amount of votes that Anderson he is getting you? compared so, to all
4: look, the Democrats up, go. okay. uh, who have right.
1: shown up. <laughs> we, we have to go. <laughs> wrap it up. Roll it. <laughs> yeah, <on. yeah>, <laughs> we got to get to a break. We've got to hit the hard out. So, I, um, to
2: be fair, I know what Anderson is going through.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. So um, he's making the gate. And I've seen people tweeting about this. I just I, I I, want people to just take a. Don't fall for the same stuff again. Just proceed with caution. Um, you know, be careful. I know we're Joe Biden's a disaster. But remember, Trump has an issue with suburban women. And, you know, we're, we're going to say it time and time again. And to be honest, I'm sick of saying it, but it bears repeating. Since Roe v. Wade in the summer of 2022, Republicans have come up empty. And until that changes, at least from a messaging standpoint, I'm just saying pump the brakes. It, it looks good. All the polls look great, but don't set yourself up for heartache. Uh, Months and months of tweets and tweets and tweets. Oh, here comes the red wave. We've seen this song and dance before, folks. It's the silent majority that will kill you.
2: It's true. It's like these these elections or these primaries, excuse me, are, are really Rorschach tests on what you already believe. So... If you're, if you're a partisan to the left, you look at that and be like, well, you know what? Trump is kind of underperforming and he, you know, he should, as basically an incumbent, he should get more than, uh, the votes that he's getting. He's underperforming in all the primaries so far. And Nikki Haley, what, you know, it's not close, but it's still it's still getting 20, 30 percent of the vote. That's 20, 30 percent of the vote that's not voting for him mm-hmm. on one side. On the other side, you have guys like Lee Zeldin saying, well, like, look at all this enthusiasm for Trump coming out, and, and you know, he's smashing records as far as voter turnouts for primaries. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you really see in this yep. what you already believe anyway.
3: I, I, I will.
1: Go ahead, Don. Go ahead.
3: The one thing, you know, just to zoom out for a second, when we think about the Democrats always have the master plan and that they work well together. Look at Michigan when, when you're talking about Michigan right now, and they have the largest population, for example, of individuals who are um, here get, gaining citizenship, but you have 200,000 uh, Muslim Arab Americans who are, or, or those who are going through the citizenship process. So back this up to November of just this last fall. What were Democrats in Michigan doing? They pushed through a, under the Michigan Refugee Collaborative, and these are individuals who are from North Africa and the Middle East, bringing in some 30,000 of these so-called refugees coming into and flowing into Michigan. And so what they did was under Michigan law, you had to have you had to be a legal citizen of the United States of America in Michigan to get a driver's license or state ID. They changed that law. Yep. OK, Now, so now after we zo- zoomed out there, now zoom into what's going on right now. These Democrats, they they constantly are working with and, and they see the opportunity, the opening as far as bringing in folks who they know are going to vote for the D, they're pushing them into areas like right here in, in think about Michigan, think about this swing state. They're doing it in Pennsylvania. Look around the country. They've been plotting this, and this is what's happening in real time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right.
3: So the critical piece here in Pennsylvania and all these swing states, they've already done it in Michigan, is once you allow people who are not citizens... They've gone through the citizen sh- citizenship process. Once you allow them to get that state ID or that driver's license, and they do it under saying, well, they have to get a driver's license because, you know, they have to drive to get a job. Mm-hmm. And they're, and they're, well, they're still in the process of applying for citizenship. They've loosened up all of these rules. Once you have somebody who's gotten that driver's license, now you're loosening this up. To the point of how do, you, how do I know that they haven't registered or that they're not voting? That's my question as I look at right. a swing state like Michigan. I think that's the story and that's what Republicans have failed at. They've allowed this state by state.
1: I, I, I want to hone in for just a moment here on New York because you heard Lee Zeldin there, and we we had this conversation weeks ago about Trump in New York. Trump was going to do a rally, uh, perhaps uh, at Madison Square Garden, um, and we talked about you know Trump and having some inroads and some and making a little of a progress, so to speak, with New York. And look, by by no means am I saying that Trump can win New York. He cannot win New York. I, that would be the biggest upset in I think political history, short of Trump beating Hillary Clinton. He's not going to win New York. But think about this. The polling data we've seen, that you have Jewish people in New York that are pro-Trump more than ever. And also, think about what what is going on here with Letitia James. I I think Trump is going to do better in New York than we initially anticipated. Think about all the business owners in New York that view what happened to Trump as um, not even a persecution But if you're operating a business in New York and you see Trump get railroaded for inflating assets and having to pay $354 plus interest, I mean, not not only are people going to leave and take their business out of New York and go to a red state, perhaps like a Florida, a Tennessee, a Texas, no state income tax there. But I think there's going to be a lot of business voters in in the business community that sit there and say, "Uh, you know what? Maybe Trump's not a bad option after all. I, I Again, I don't think he's going to win New York, but I think whatever the percentage you might have thought he would get, I think you're going to be a little surprised. I think he's going to do better than, he, uh, than many people expect.
2: We also have uh, the third party candidate that should be of concern to both Trump and Biden. Uh, I said this earlier. Um, I, I s- cited this poll earlier. Right now, the current average in Michigan. So this is the Michigan general election. The current average is Trump at forty-two point three percent, Biden at thirty-seven point seven percent, RFK Jr. at eight point three, Jill Stein one point seven, and Cornell West at one point three. So about let's just say, 13 to 15% uh, for that third-party candidate. DeVan uh, Jones last night on CNN was talking about RFK Jr. and how uh, they just released some info that says that they have enough signatures to put him on the Arizona and Georgia ballots. Mm. We know how close Arizona and Georgia are. This And he's basically saying this should... Terrify the Democrat Party. This is cut thirteen. Phil Go,
3: sir Ed Goess, and thanks so much to both of you. I appreciate your time, Van. Ten thousand votes uh, in either of those states could turn the entire election. New York Times Sienna uh, College poll from the fall in Arizona has Kennedy with twenty six percent support, Biden and Trump a little bit ahead, but not much, thirty three percent each. Just to make the point, RFK Jr. could do a lot better than ten thousand votes in those two states.
4: He, he, he can, and it is uh, if, if you understand basic math, uh, this is a shockwave through uh, the Democratic Party uh, because uh, it, 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 it takes a lot less than the pr- amount of support he's got, especially among young people, to throw this whole thing uh, to Biden, and we can lose some states, but we can't lose many. Uh, and so uh, it's, we, we're going to we're have a, a tough enough time uh, in Georgia. We're going to have a tough enough time in Arizona anyway. Uh, but this is a big deal. This is a very big deal. And um, uh, th- th- I think for me, my heart breaks. I, I know uh, RFK Jr. In fact, he uh, endorsed uh, and wrote the Ford for my first book, yep. uh, very mm-hmm. close, to his uh, uh, sister uh, Carrie. Uh, he was an environmental champion hero of mine for a very long time. But if you don't have a pathway to win the White House, and I don't think that he's going to be on enough uh, ballots to win the White House, then you shouldn't be doing this uh because you can only hurt um uh Joe Biden and uh, hand the co- country, country over to Donald Trump
1: so ahead from all the data. Wow. Well, I mean Kennedy's hand was forced. He had the run as an independent. He's yep. also been denied secret service. So yep, he's so right. He's feeling great about it. And it's going to come back to bite the Democrats and Biden and the keister. Uh, you talk about uh, Arizona and you said Arizona and Georgia. So uh, Joe Biden took Georgia by 11,779 votes. And that got him 16 electoral college votes. Arizona was 10,457 votes. That is 11 electoral college Votes. That's that's twenty seven right there. Yeah, Kennedy's going to play a major role in this.
2: I wonder if there's going to be people like Van Jones and a whole effort by the Democrats to get him to not run,
1: Kennedy to step aside. Yeah, I, there might be an effort, but it's gonna it's gonna go on. Do you uh, think so? Deaf ear. Yeah, uh, Kennedy's ticked off, and I don't. No, blame, I, I do agree him. with
2: you. I agree with you. I'm just saying that i that I wonder if they'll. Um... <laughs>
1: What are you insinuating I, I, here? I, I don't know. <laughs> are they, they going to take him out? Remember
2: what happened to your uncle? No, no. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, mean, I just, kid, I kid. I don't really think they're going to do that. They're going
1: <laughs> to try to take out everyone. They got Bobby and Donald. They hate everybody.
2: But it just it just shows you that people want another choice. It does. You know what I mean? Because... I, you know, I hate to burst everybody's bubble that's listening, but the majority of people hate both of them. Well, the polls, they don't want
1: either of them to run. The polls show it. I mean, what, 68% of Americans want different options? They're yep. just I think the, the way they framed that poll that I always recite was there was fatigue with yep. both. Yes. I think in large part because of all the investigations and the drama.
2: Nobody wants to see Ali Frazier, too, especially when Ali Frazier are 77 and 81 years old <laughs>
1: I mean, to be honest, I I, I mean, I, I roll my eyes now with all the drama, but it's great from a talk show perspective, from a hosting standpoint. This is the content that dreams are made of. If you're a talk show host, sure. but like I, what I love to see more of our our country come together away from both fringes, and uh, because I, I I truly do believe this, as much as we disagree on a lot of these topical issues like the border, I think in general most of most of Americans. We have more in common than we disagree with. Right. Like I know we and that's a cliche. You hear that. But I genuinely think we do. It's just that, you know, the some of these these politicians and I look, you know, it's by design. I'm getting very um, cynical here, but it's meant to divide the the whole the whole thing is a facade.
2: Uh, one more on Michigan, and then I want to get into the uh, Nathan Wade, Fonny Will stuff. Uh, but this is a Michigan voter that was interviewed yesterday by... Um, this is obviously before the polls close in, in the early morning. Um, being interviewed by MSNBC, and uh, where he basically says that he's a Democrat, and he doesn't feel that uh, he wants President Biden to represent him. This is cut. Seven, Phil, go.
4: I've never voted anything but Democrat. In the last, I would say, 10 years or 12 years.
5: Uh, but this year, everything is different. Like, I don't feel that I want President Biden to represent me. And then, especially after the most recent policies, uh, I think it's a great idea to vote and to send that message and try to
4: at least trigger a change.
1: Well, I got to tell you, I I might walk back my opinion of we're going to see more voter turnout this year collectively for Joe and Trump than we did in 2020. Is it possible we're going to see less? Yes. Is that I mean, yeah. well, so, well, let me just say, say that,
2: Let me just say that in on February it today, twenty eighth. Yeah, I would say yes, but God only knows what's going to happen in the next eight months. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of time to go. A
2: lot of time to go. Right. A lot of time. We have no idea what's going to happen.
1: I'm, I mean, just look you at get the, something the that un- rallies people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have the uncommitteds for, for Joe on the left, and you have the never Trumpers. And, you know, in the event, some of these Nikki Haley's and I'm not talking about the Dems that flip over in these open primaries to vote for Nikki. I'm talking about registered Republicans that are in on Nikki, whatever percentage that is. I mean, are, are those people going to sit it out? I mean, could we see Joe's 81 million go down? Could we see Trump's 74 million go down? I would venture to say it's more likely Joe's number goes down and Trump's number goes up. Uh, because think about this, and this is still a really remarkable feat, and I know it doesn't add up to be much, but Trump went from 62 million votes in 16 to 74 million. He, he gained 12 million more voters in his reelection effort. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's pretty remarkable. So, I mean, that 74 could be 77 or 78 million this year. We'll J-
2: JG on the YouTube chat says, we can't even agree on the definition of a woman. We disagree on on fundamental. Oh, no,
1: there's only one definition of a woman, trust I, me. By <laughs> the way,
2: by the way, that we all, 90% of us agree on the definition of a woman. It's just that fringe 10% uh, that controls the narrative. On
1: Whatever that. Dawn it's says crazy. is a woman, I, I agree <laughs> with. That's
2: true. Uh, alright, let's get to the, uh, Nathan Wade, Fonnie Willis. Tr- is it a trial? It's not really a trial. I don't know what's happening. Is it a love triangle? His, uh, his ex divorce lawyer, uh, the judge yesterday says that he, he's waiving attorney client privilege, uh, for this, and, uh, he took the stand was asked a bunch of questions about the timing of the relationship uh, yesterday and his knowledge of it. Uh, this is just a little bit of the courtroom drama that happened yesterday uh, in Atlanta. This is uh, cut six Phil go.
3: When you told me that it started when you left when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton, where did you gain that knowledge from?
1: I'm going to object because his testimony a few minutes ago is that he did not recall
4: making that statement. All right, I'll overrule that. Mr. Bradley, answer the question if you can. Repeat the question.
3: When you told me <laughs> that their relationship started when she left the DA's office and was a judge in South Fulton, where did you obtain that knowledge from?
4: was speculating um <laughs> i didn't have a um that? no one told me i, I was speculating
3: I, you know no one told you that
4: no one told me that
3: you were speculating based on things that had been told to you or things you had observed
4: so i'm gonna object as
1: to uh, the nature of uh this line of questioning, because the witness has made it clear he was speculating as to how or what he knew. And if there's speculation, it's inadmissible before this court.
5: All right, but the motivations for his reason for speculating would be admissible, so I'll overrule that.
3: Thank you, Judge. Was this speculation, when you told me that, was that based on things that had been told to you and things that you had witnessed?
4: I never witnessed anything. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it was... Speculation. I can't tell you um, anything specific if that's what you're you're asking.
3: You can't tell me anything specific as to why you speculated about
4: that. <laughs> no, this was <laughs> however many years ago. I mean, I don't recall, but no, I I don't.
1: Did you have any? Wow. Boy, I tell you what, Terrence Bradley, he had less to say than Nathan Wade last week when he was on the stand. I'm sitting there waiting for uh, that little speech bubble to pop up next to his head with pictures of Fannie Willis to let's get it on. Yeah. By uh, Marvin Gaye. That was the best. That was great. He has nothing to say. This case, as far as Nathan Wade, Fannie Willis, Terrence Bradley, it is over for them. They
2: are done. I, I don't think so, guys. Really? I don't.
1: They're getting I destroyed on cross-examination. Uh, How does I, the judge keep the... Was that Scott McAfee there, the judge? Uh-huh, was that yes. him? How does he not take Fannie Willis off this case? I don't know when this will conclude as far as her so, alleged misconduct, but we got to be getting to the end of this, right?
2: So we all know the truth. I just don't know if the defense has put up enough concrete evidence to show that 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 for sure they were dating before
1: well well i mean we just went through the the phone records with it, the pings yeah. yesterday where they were together for 5 hours overnight
3: the, but the but the question is okay a couple things it is that Fonnie willis you know now i i think it's pretty obvious that they were they had a person they were vacationing together of course but then we have them under oath admitting this cash back and forth, mm-hmm. and so that becomes a problem for her because she's, ex- she's not only going on vacation with somebody she- who she brought in yeah. who doesn't even have an expertise in this area, and then he's paying her. There's all this cash going back and forth, and they've admitted to that.
1: And they've lied under oath. They they they've, they've basically perjured themselves. How can you remain on the case as the lead district attorney in Fulton County when you've perjured yourself? I,
2: guys, I'm not disagreeing with the facts of the case. I'm I'm on your side 100%. Like she she should not be on this case. But but I'm just saying I don't know if the judge has seen enough concrete evidence to to prove for a fact without a shadow of a doubt that they were together
1: before. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, the burden of proof is just beyond a reasonable doubt. I mean, does anybody have reasonable doubt that this was not going on? That would be the way I would frame it if I'm trying to argue. on. And by the way, it doesn't change anything for Trump. It doesn't get Trump off the hook. I mean, the case is still going to go on. It's just going to be another slappy coming out of the DA's office to prosecute it.
3: And I know that they're trying what they're trying to say is that they were having this improper affair because he was this was before he was divorced but that in essence is irrelevant right because if you hire somebody and now you're going on vacation together and and lavish vacations and obviously you know you you have a personal A close personal relationship with this person yeah the impartiality it's it's unprofessional yeah the integrity
1: the integrity of the prosecution has been undermined right now
3: she's an officer of the court and and and, and if you're if you're in the
1: the prosecutor's office another da an assistant da or whatever you've got to be thinking about this right now how this how bad this looks for the office as a whole so when you go in front of a jury what is your best chance to convict Donald Trump? It's not right now, in my opinion, with Fannie Willis. Mm-hmm. Because the, the jury's going to be looking at her like, I, I don't trust her. Now, you put another DA on the case, that maybe kind of gives you the, the, the clean slate and cleanses the uh, the unholiness of this whole arrangement.
3: But then the other piece of it that I just want to push in here is that they have all of these expense reports. And so the fact that Nathan Wade put in that one expense report... For going, he traveled from Georgia to meet with the Biden administration's DOJ. Mm-hmm. Well, why is he meeting with the Biden White House officials? That's a great point. So, what's up with that? I think there's so much here that is a violation. The money trail, where it leads, leads you to believe that they have violated the integrity uh, of this office.
2: Agreed on all. Like, like, like Wendy's, like Greg Sharpton has a bridge to tell you. I,
3: like, do you listen? Do you people listen?
2: I just said that it's not my personal. But I believe that that there was a lot of inappropriate things that she should be disbarred and removed from the case. I'm just saying how the judge will rule. It's not a. It's not a slam dunk that that she's going to be removed.
1: I think the attorney there that has not only now cross-examined and grilled uh, Terrence Bradley, but also Nathan Wade. What's her name? Ashley Merchant, I think her yes. name is. Yeah. I think she's done a pretty good job with, yeah. with all the data and the facts that they have. I mean, I, to your point, the way you're positioning it, you don't know that Scott McAfee is going to say that he has seen enough. I I would you know you're never going to get this to happen. I would ask McAfee. I'm like, what have you not seen that allows you to continue to keep her on the case, Michael?
2: Michael on YouTube wins the comments. Um, if the condom don't fit, you must equit.
3: Oh God, God, you know. God bless you, man. Are you allowed to as the as the district attorney? And let's let's just spin it around. If 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 you hire an investigator and you are I mean there's no question that they they are and were romantically involved. I know that merchant is trying to say that they were in romantically involved before he was divorced. But whether divorced or not, are you allowed to have a a, an intimate relationship where you're going on multiple cabin trips, long form mm-hmm. cruises and vacations. And this is somebody who, I mean, you're supposed to have some level of separation. And she's some level and publicly
1: of, said this will not happen under her watch. Remember when she did that yes, campaign?
3: But part of that is because you want that investigator and yeah. you have to follow that, that, uh, you know, that chain of evidence can't be broken. Yeah. Well, if she's leading it, and she's having the intimate relationship, and now she's sending this guy to D.C. That's another question mm-hmm. that I have. To Greg's point, have they proven that that the money trail, uh, that Willis, does the money trail prove that Willis has a conflict of interest?
1: I mean, I, I look at it, there's three things here. It doesn't change anything for Trump as far as the case altogether you know, being tossed. The case is still going to go on.
3: I think, but, she, but Nick, the, the case goes on. Yeah. but it'll be delayed so badly yeah, that it'll be it'll be after next November. it'll be in twenty twenty five
1: probably. It'll be a moot point. Sorry that to interrupt. No, yeah. no, no. You're right, and I, I think, I think she's going to be removed. My only questions are: Will she be disbarred? And will she no. face no, she, criminal not, criminal no, charges? No.
2: neither, neither of the, I, I can almost guarantee you with one hundred percent certainty, neither of those
1: things. Because the Georgia happening. Bar Association has got to be looking at her like. This is a hot mess, yeah, um, and they're going to face pressure by you know you, groups to disbar her. Can you imagine though? You,
2: you like this is such a it, like you couldn't make this stuff up. You you bring all of these charges against yeah. uh, Trump. You know this RICO case. This is the case of her career. Everybody's saying, look, this is a slam dunk. If if. N- if nothing else, this case will bring him down. And she's 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 banging the... the
1: There's the four billion men on the planet. She can bang anyone <laughs> she wants except for Nathan Wade. <laughs> and she's having sex with the one
3: guy she can't. <laughs> Testi- and testifying I, in a belligerent yep. way in her backwards, zipped-up yep. dress. I mean, think about <laughs> this. this. For her, for Alvin
1: Bragg, for Letitia James, these are all... All of these individuals, these prosecutors, this is their Marsha Clark moment. This mm-hmm. is their Christopher Darden moment. They've got OJ across to the, the other side of the table. His name is Donald Trump, and they're going to blow it for themselves because Fanny couldn't be with. A, she could be with any other dude in any other
3: cabin across the continental United States, <laughs>
1: just not Nathan Wade. Just not
3: Nathan. But Wade. you may say that she's a she's a woman who believes in efficiency. So she's, she's obviously working it, and so why not hire a guy who she thinks is a hottie?
2: Yeah. And
3: they can, you know, do a little work and have a little fun, you know, go bright. to the cabin, go on the cruise. They can yeah. sure to go on a lot of vacations.
1: Go over some dockets. <laughs> look at some testimony. <laughs> yes, I think that's funny. is.
3: And I also think that, that her, you know, so-called former know. BFF, who yeah. said they were kissing and hugging and mm-hmm. smooching, and that was <laughs> back in the day, Yeah, I think that was damning evidence. I I do. I believed that lady. And that's the question. Uh, Nobody's saying throw that out. I know that Willis refuted it, but she's, you know, here's an eyewitness under oath who says, I saw them kissing and smooching, which means Willis, then either you believe Willis or Mm -hmm. you believe the friend. Which means Willis lied under oath. It's just
1: such a bad look for all of these attorney generals and prosecutors. Whether it's Fannie Willis, Letitia James, they both campaigned on it. Uh, you got Letitia James who's putting out tweets each day, uh, cryptic tweets about the interest that Donald Trump owes the state of New York. And then you've got Alvin Bragg out here uh, who doesn't prosecute any crimes, and then he also he's going to make a misdemeanor a felony with Donald Trump over 130 grand with Stormy Daniels. It's just, I think the average American that is paid just a, a few 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 minutes of attention to this can realize what is going on here with all of these prosecutors that have an ax to grind. And it's just as somebody that really likes the legal field and law, I, I would just like the politics to be out of it. I understand that DAs and judges run as Democrats and Republicans, so there's a bias inherently within most of them. But they should just leave all that at the door and just, you know, you're never going to get into this situation if you're a prosecutor, if you just focus on the facts. If you just you either have good facts or you have bad facts. And, you know, you can argue whether these are good or bad facts. But, you know, it, I would think if I'm Letitia James and, you know, she's probably sitting here looking at Fannie Willis thinking, well, I'm the big winner. Like, I I just got $354 million. Here's Fannie out here banging Wade, you know, so. I
3: think Fannie Willis also, the fact that, I think she has a lot of enemies in that office and and to the point of that Robin yeah. Yurdy that that former friend of hers also worked in the DA's office so that's this is such a soap opera but it's incestuous mm-hmm. it shows the you know the incestuous nature of that very office yeah but I to me I think that it comes down to who who are you going to believe and you have somebody who worked in that DA's office a former friend who says, I witnessed this, she comes up all storming up on the stand now, refuting that testimony because she knew how damning that was. At the end of the day, I think she will she will not be criminally charged, but I think this is in the win column for the Trump and his, all of his co-defendants. I think they throw this out; it gets delayed. That's that's what I that's where I think this is going.
1: Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. That's it for the cut sheet. Let's wrap it up though with the call. We've got Lou in Glenside. Lou, good morning. How are you? Hey, how you doing? We're doing well.
0: Good. Uh, I just wanted to uh, talk for a moment about the, the, this current topic, Fannie Willis. I think what what Greg is missing. It's not about whether or not. Uh, they, they, she had an affair with the, with the, uh, the prosecutor she hired. So whether or not she lied about it. Uh, you'll recall that, uh, President Clinton, uh, lost his law license in Arkansas temporarily, not because he had an affair with Monica Lewinsky, but because he committed perjury. Uh, and so that's a matter for the state bar. And it's not a matter, you know, with regard to her criminal prosecution, sure that there's a high burden when you're going to take someone's liberty of uh, proving something beyond a reasonable doubt. I'm not sure that the Office of Disciplinary Counsel in Georgia would have that same uh, burden of proof in order to discipline her. So the issue is, can she be disciplined if they can, if, if they successfully show that she lied about something? And if she's disciplined, does that require her? to be taken off the case if she loses her law license temporarily, which she could. Uh, I mean, they took it away from Clinton. Uh,
1: the, pr- the former president of the United States. So. Yeah, but you know, you know what's also at play here, Lou, and, and great analysis. We appreciate the call. Uh, we're living in 2024, and we've already seen Fannie try to say that she's the victim and she's not on trial. You know, 30 years ago when that happened with Bill Clinton, that was today, that's a white male. Today, Fanny Willis, African-American female, mm-hmm. guaranteed identity I- politics will play a factor in her punishment.
3: But remember what Judge McAfee said at the beginning, at the start of this whole thing, that it has to be clear that disqualification can occur if, this is to Greg's point, if evidence is produced demonstrating an actual conflict or the appearance of one mm-hmm. that's a quote from the judge or yeah. the appearance of one
1: and there's certainly the appearance so yes, check, sir. you can check
3: that part <laughs> off already
1: so we shall see Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten is how you climb in coming up next we will head down to the great state of Florida Woo-hoo! Tony Bruno is standing by yeah buddy the only question Woo! is will he be wearing his Philly spring training apparel <laughs> or a shirt or a shirt Wait, will he be out on his Ooh, with his headset and his kitty cat. yeah, We'll find out. Tony Bruno, live from Florida, next on Kale & Company. Bet the NBA with a
2: no-sweat same-game parlay for FanDuel
1: in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. Every
2: Thursday with TNT Thursdays, it doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account, you'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on NBA, on any NBA, on TNT games. NBA same-game parlay is a perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score an even bigger payday. You can combine everything from total points, spread, over/unders with uh, player props. How many uh, how many baskets will Tyrese Maxey make? What will the first basket be? All kinds of cool stuff makes watching the game a, a hell of a lot more fun than actually watching the Sixers lose. However, you want to play. Just head to fanduel.com slash greg, fanduel.com slash greg, to bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's fanduel.com slash greg. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and 1210 WPHT, 21 and over President PA. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued is not a withdrawal bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 less otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. gambler